Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. Uh, joining me on this show this morning, all the way from Grand Prairie, Alberta, was Mark Malakoff. Mark is the director of a company called Thermal Intelligence. They're based in Grand Prairie. And uh, he, d- he joined me to discuss uh, their story and their flagship product, the Base Camp, which is a three-in-one light tower, heater, and generator. So we're thinking about applications for construction, oil and gas, um, as well as emergency response. You know, the potential is uh, large for this product to be of use to the community. And that's kind of the theme here. This this may feel a bit like paid promotion, but no one's getting paid, so it's not that. It's, it is a new avenue, a new approach for the podcast where... You know, business owners, people can come on the show and talk about their product, talk about their story and how they can be of use uh, to a wider audience, to a, to a wider customer base. So I do want you to hear it in Mark's own words. Uh, he knows far better than I. I have done some marketing work for these guys. I have seen the product in use. Um, and, you know, I can tell you it's it's cool. It's sexy, but it's also it's cutting edge. It's efficient. Um, and it, it blows its competitors out of the water quite easily and then continues on. So... You know, if you're in oil and gas, if you're in construction, I would say this this would definitely interest you. Um, stick around and, and hear it from Mark's uh, hear it from Mark's point of view about why they decided to make this product, why why the time was right, and how they've really worked on the on the iterations to get it to where it is now. Um, very cool, very cutting edge, as I said, very efficient. You know, it'll save you a lot of money if you if you uh, at least consider going down the road with thermal intelligence and how they can help you. So. Stick around. New potential for the North Bank Media Podcast, maybe new potential for your business as well. And enjoy this conversation with Thermal Intelligence's Mark Malakoff. Okay, Mark Malakoff, thank you uh, for coming on the podcast and, uh, you know, great to see you again. Yeah, hey, betcha. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Oh, my pleasure. So I think it's, I mean, I think the base camp is really cool and I'm not even in the industry that you guys are in, you know, <laughs> oil and gas construction. And even I can see that this thing is uh, a work of art in some sense, uh, as well as an, a great innovation. Um, let's say, let's say I'm a, a decision maker with a construction company. You've got me in an elevator for five minutes what's kind of the elevator pitch that you guys give um to people who you're trying to reel in or at least to inform about this product yeah you betcha well, i don't even need five minutes probably about 20 seconds so uh <laughs> okay. anywhere anyone's using any volume of propane or diesel heat the base camp is the lowest cost and smart solution so really what it is is it's a it's a mobile combined heat power system that's award-winning green seal certified with patent pending technology that is really leveraging modern technology to provide simply an all the way around better solution that's ultimately uh, more cost effective as well right on i've always been curious uh, like what was there a moment like what was your hand in developing this thing like who holds the patent i guess like who who really owns the intellectual property of this thing yeah, so it, it all the intellectual property resides at Thermal Intelligence. Um, the, the leadership group has over 30 years of combined um, temporary heating experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everywhere from Fort Mac to the North Slope in Alaska to, <laughs> yeah. 
you name it all over the place, the coldest and harshest environments. And you kind of say, we got the the scars on our back, you know, from, <laughs> from dealing with it, you know, we weren't always on the manufacturing side. We were previously on the, the rental side. So dealing with, you know, the calls at four in the morning and equipment down and really upset customers and froze up things. And, you know, there's a, you know, I kind of use this the same, but there's there's cars that in today's day and age, there's cars that can drive themselves. <laughs> there's got to be a better way to manage uh, manage this equipment and provide a better solution. And so that's really what you know kind of uh, spawned. It was just really really pushing to to find a better solution and knowing that technology could be leveraged in a way um, to not only just provide a, a better heating product, but a smarter one as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll do a little, int- I will have done a little introduction on the base camp before we get into this. So the viewers will have a sense of, of what it is and what it looks like. Um, was there like a, a eureka or like an aha moment where you guys were like, we've seen the same problems over and over and this is, this is the solution. Yeah. Well, a very common area or a very common practice when you see temporary, uh, heating in industrial and construction applications is that there's also like heat and lighting. Mm-hmm. And so that was one when, um, you know, we've been through a couple of different generations of technological platforms. And when, you know, this one here of being the three in one and really seeing it's not only ultra efficient, um, but with it being an electrical platform, it provides a lot of um, flexibility for us to just provide a greater suite of services to the site mm-hmm. in one unit. So instead of having, you know, um, the the unit, the base camp itself replaces two indirect flame heaters, light right. tower, and provides 27 kilowatts of power. So that's, you know, up to four pieces of equipment that can be replaced with one. Mm-hmm. So not only is that better just, you know, from a straight up your logistics standpoint of bringing one piece of equipment to site, you know, it's only one equipment to fuel, not four, right. you know, there's a, there's a 2,500 hour service package on it. So you're only doing services really once a year, as opposed to every 250 or 500 hours. So it's substantial reduction in um, the, the amount of labor that goes along with it. And it seems like that's a very common, common thing right now is that uh, finding labor can be challenging. Mm-hmm. for a lot of companies sure. and again there's there's simply just a better way the entire fleet can be managed from your phone or computer like i said you know yeah. there's uh there's drones that are delivering packages to, <laughs> to people and doing all sorts of stuff like there's there's uh in the technology the simple technology that exists today there's there's you know really good solutions for um problems that exist on on sites that typically have been dealt with by just throwing more manpower at it and really, it's just a, it's a new way of operating, but it's a much more efficient and smarter way. Well, that's what, that's what blew me away was, I mean, we can, we can talk about how efficient this thing is and, and, uh, you know, it replaces equipment. It allows you to save on manpower costs, but this thing is like also a supercomputer that you can control <laughs> with your phone. Like that's, that to me was the revolutionary part of this. Yeah. And the one, the big thing like on for temporary heat that I think is a bit different than other you know like a skid steer or a man lift or something that might be on site is there's a reason why something's being heated Mm -hmm. and if you if that heater goes down you know typically it results in um issues related to freeze ups and uh and whatnot like that which is why it's uh you know it's almost like reverse firefighting you know you're you're fighting this freeze up Mm -hmm. and so even as example the the base camp has the ability that if it, if it go, is going to go down because it's mechanical and anything mechanical can have issues. Mm. If it goes down, it'll send an email or text notification. 
Plus, then we added in predictive analytics where it'll monitor um, certain parameters. And if it's sensing that there's going to be an issue, it'll notify someone even prior to that. And uh, so again, maximizing that 100% uptime. But typically, if a heater was to go down, the only way that someone knows it goes down is they actually see it. So how long before someone knows? Right. And then how long um, uh, before someone actually goes and sees it and then can do anything about it? Whereas with that instantaneous notification, it's just a much better solution. And, and again, yeah, just these, there's these things that are very, very simple. And it's like, hey, we got a supercomputer in our pockets <laughs> on the, uh, the iPhone. So let's right. start um, leveraging some of this technology. And again, it's, uh, um, it's a new way of doing business. But I think that there's, there's no doubt that within you know 10 years smart connected equipment will be everywhere across industrial and construction sites mm -hmm. and so really it's just a matter of how quick the adoption is so for sure and you you guys actually taught me that the construction industry is slow to adopt new technology like this have you seen yeah yeah go ahead yeah yeah i was just gonna say you know what it, it's uh Sometimes it's just, you know, people are used to operating way in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And um, part of it as well, too, is just letting people aware of the solution is out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes there can be some, might be a matter of semantics, but some people are like, oh, yeah, we got, you know, telematics on some equipment and stuff. But mm -hmm. it might just ping, hey, here's the GPS and here's the hours on the unit twice a day, mm -hmm. as opposed to real time, you know, two way 24 seven communication um, is a very big difference. And so that's one thing as well, too, is that people are like, oh, yeah, no, I, I've seen that before. And then they see <laughs> it and go, oh, no, OK, that's different. <laughs> and then just a bit of open the eyes. And then once they use it, they'll never not want to have it have it kind of thing. It's like, you know, I remember the first time I saw an iPhone and it was just like right. mind was blown. It was For just sure. I had a Motorola Razor. Oh, yeah. And it was like I ever see. since then, it was like I will never go back to a Motorola Razor. And it's just, you know, again, until you see it. Um, you know, so that's really what we've been focusing on is just trying to get the word out there and let people look, touch and feel for sure. So are you, are you finding that there's this initial resistance and then people, once they can maybe, do you let people demo it? Do you let them get their hands on it for a bit? And then they see, well, yeah, there's no going back from this. No, no Motorola razor for me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think like every, every person's got their own, uh, personality and there's some people that are just technological adopters mm -hmm. and they constantly want to know what's there and they want to be learning. And, um, those people are pretty easy to have a conversation with. And then there's others that are just like, Nope, this is how I've done it for 30 years. And this right. is how I'm going to do it. But then when you actually get it in front of them and, you know, give them a demo or let them have a trial, like that's something that we have is, um, you know, we can provide units for, for free trials to, again, just for, uh, people and their customers to experience it. Mm -hmm. And, um, once they do, it's it's very clear. Like, okay, no, this is different. This is mm -hmm. this is opening doors and allowing us to do business in ways that, um, again, they didn't even know was possible before. Right, right. So, is it as simple as saying that adopt, getting one of these on your site can really just immediately cut down on on fuel costs, obviously, but also manpower? Like that that image that was actually something my dad used to tell me way back in the seventies. He worked up north, and that was part of his job was driving around to heaters, you know, starting up trucks, starting up heaters. It's like does that start to really, with this thing, you're in control from you know, one person can basically manage the fleet from their phone? Yeah, like again, so on uh, some large scale projects or a lot of remote work, again, there's just, you know, there'll be teams of guys pretty much doing hot laps and in <laughs> trucks driving around. Yeah. And even just on an, as an example, like a lot of heaters have to be fueled every 10 to 12 hours. Mm. 
Whereas the base camp has a minimum 48 hour runtime. And instead of just like having to guess and show up when that, when the base camp needs fuel, it'll send you a text or email letting you know it's getting low on fuel. So it's just much, much more efficient. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't have to have these teams of people, you know, you could easily have one person managing a a pretty decent size fleet. And uh, so again, just, just really simply by having, uh, you know, the information at their fingertips per se, as opposed to having to drive out and actually touch that unit to see if it's running and, you know, look at the fuel gauge to see how much fuel's in it. So, yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Yeah. We're just, just the audio and video slightly went out of sync, but I think we're all right now. We got that. Okay. Um, yeah. Tell me, I guess we, we shot some, some, some video for thermal intelligence. Uh, it was May of 2020 when I walked in there and I guess I'd been on lockdown for two months, so I was in a weird, a weird way, but I was really struck by just truly the intelligence and the, I don't know what I expected, but like, can you tell me a little bit about who else is on the team and kind of what the culture's like and, and how this kind of all came to be? Yeah, you betcha. So, um, we got a, a great group with, with Brian, we got two Brian's on the team. So right. Brian Tuneman, Brian Hopkins. So really solid guys. And then, uh, Patrick, uh, another Patrick, yeah, Patrick Beckert <laughs> mm-hmm. on the sales side, and then Quinn and Quinn Bowen and his team uh, there on the the design and build. So we have, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have in house uh, the main main guy on the design team, Quinn. He's a Red Seal millwright. You know, tremendous amount of heating experience himself. Um, all around good guy <laughs> as, as well too. Sure. And then he's got his team of guys, and so we got electricians and programmers. With uh, we got our own in house Tinas with our own in house. Right. Uh, programmer and that's one thing that we found as well too is you know trying to have smart equipment over the years is if you try to kind of just like outsource the mm. the smart side of it one it's very expensive and two it's very hard to um innovate quickly and make changes um whereas with having tinas on board um anytime that you know something comes up from the field where hey you know this would be a good change to the interface or the programming or whatever he just instantly can uh make an update and send it out so that's a big advantage and then um yeah we've got you know just a, a really good good group and team and then we work with a couple strategic vendors mm-hmm. um with everything manufactured in canada and so uh you know we have um just you know we're really proud of the product and it's you know mm-hmm. taken us uh again a couple different generations and different business models to get to this um point but you know we got a a great team and a great product and so we're we're really proud of it right on no it's and it was cool to be a part of it even from the outside as a freelancer just coming in to see uh really what it looks like the future in some ways right like this that's what the future of of industry would look like yeah i agree like that's that's what i said earlier is you know in 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 10 years you know um there's no doubt like i said that smart connected equipment will be mm-hmm commonplace on all construction sites. And so it really just comes down to, you know, how quick is the adoption, but you're seeing it on other stuff as well too. You know, all the, uh, whether it's from a a loader to a grader to, you know, a cat, like those types of equipment, all of a sudden now they're coming out with telematic packages, you know, the ability to, um, even for that, you know, say like a cat starts uh, running not efficiently. Mm -hmm. Well, instead of just having to send a mechanic and he starts guessing, well, guess what? The codes are already sent. Sure sent through he's he knows exactly what's going on and that's what the base camp does as well too like it won't just tell you there's an issue it'll tell you um what the issue is and how to remedy it so that anyone 
even on site has all the best information to handle it. So, hmm. yeah, and even further down the line, I've, I've heard people talk about like augmented reality. So, uh, a guy who's working on it, like a mechanic working on a car, he puts Google glasses on and he's yeah. literally seeing, okay, that's, you know, whatever, that's the alternator. That's where your problem is. This is, you know, the, the, I guess it's interesting though, because now it's going to demand more of your team, right? Like your team has to be almost more tech savvy. And do you think, I mean, does that make sense to you? Like, is it specializing even more so? I think the biggest, the, the biggest, um, hurdle that there is, I think with tech is making it simple. Hmm. And that's one thing like you can see. So I got two young daughters and <laughs> they love their iPad. Sure. And ever since they've been about, you know, just over one, they've, they, they know where to swipe and where to click and where to go to watch their videos and stuff. And, you know, you take something as um, sophisticated as, you know, uh, and it's really a testament to Steve Jobs and all the mm -hmm. Apple and everything, but uh, you know you got something as sophisticated as there. But it's so simple that literally a two-year-old can work it, right. and that's something that you know again with with our equipment is that there's a lot of bells and whistles. But you you'd want to make sure that you don't need a degree in computer science to get a a, a good experience out of it. So it's got to be very simple, and the interface has to be simple. And so that's one thing that I think is a balance. Uh, at least from you know my perspective with being on kind of the front edge of 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 tech and and whatnot is that um you know we i won't i don't know if i'll throw myself into the the expert but we've got some experts <laughs> sure. on our team right and they need to make sure that it's not only communicated but it the interface is a very simple um way to right. um, interact with it again so that it can be adopted and people actually look and say this makes my life easier right not oh yeah i just you know, in a year from now, once we finally figure this thing out, it'll, it'll make things better. It's, you know, it's, it's the um, implementation that'll make, make the difference and it'll actually allow that value to be um, unlocked on across these sites. Right on. No, that's well said. So beyond the tech and the connectivity side of it, this is, this thing is also a kind of a revolution in, in its efficiency if, as far as how, how little fuel it uses. Um, Maybe, yeah. Why don't you just run those stats for me if you can? I'm sure you can. Yeah. About, <laughs> about really yeah, sure. how efficient this thing truly is. So a, a typical um, light tower generator is only 33% efficient at converting the input fuel mm -hmm. into a deliverable power lighting output. Mm -hmm. Another way to think about that is you put $100 worth of fuel in, $67 is just lost to the atmosphere uh, through radiant heat off the engine and off the exhaust. Mm -hmm. And so what the base camp does is it captures that waste heat off the engine and off the exhaust. So that's what makes it, um, in essence, a combined heat and power system right. is that 60% of the heat output is actually that, as I said, that waste heat off the engine and the exhaust. So it's able to achieve a 97% efficiency um, by incorporating that waste heat into its heat output deliverable. Um, and so if you compare a traditional work, work site on an industrial construction site, that'll have like, you know, indirect fired heaters, right. uh, which are only about 50% efficient and light towers that are 33% efficient, mm -hmm. you know, you're only running at about 48% efficiency on that, um, that setup. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, you take the base camps, 97% efficiency. And really what it means is that, you know, your fuel consumption is drastically cut on top of, um, or the corresponding emissions are also drastically reduced as well because you're simply not going through 
um, the same amount of diesel as well. So mm. that's the way that we're able to get that high efficiency design. And that's also how we're able to achieve uh, our green seal certification, which we uh, are just wrapping up right now. Yeah. Well, if you'd like, please roll into the green seal thing because yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, I remember we worked on that video just last month and that was a big thing for you guys. It was like, because this, of course that's a big issue in our world today is, is the state of the environment and what can we all do to maybe make some kind of a difference uh, and keep ourselves alive on this planet a little longer. And <laughs> uh, the base camp is, allows people to do that in a sense. Yeah. So first off, yeah, the green seal is something that we've been working on for about a year now. Um, they're a group based out of Washington, DC and what they, their role is, um, in the economy is they'll certify products, um, as meeting their standards required for their green seal certification. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it gives consumers the confidence and uh, knowing that they're buying, um, green, green, uh, products. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, one of the questions that came up early when we were doing this certification is, well, you got a diesel reciprocating engine. <laughs> so how are you, you know, trying to qualify for this green seal certification? And it was an interesting conversation that we had. And really what I said is, you know, um, on the sites that this equipment is working, diesel is the fuel source that's available. Mm -hmm. And with the efficient design, uh, you know, being a combined heat, a combined heat and power system, mm -hmm. it allows the unit to just simply be much more efficient. And I said, you know, as, you know, as say, as an example, uh, you know, a potential more greener fuel as hydrogen becomes available, sure. you know, we'll definitely adopt a hydrogen based platform, but hydrogen isn't readily available. So <laughs> you, you could have a great hydrogen, you know, three in one unit, but if nobody can get the hydrogen to fill it up, then that's, it's just not going to get adopted. Right. And really, you know, this is an opportunity as, you know, we'd see it that, um, you know, fossil fuels, no matter kind of what side of the spectrum you believe about climate change, mm -hmm. it, it's pretty clear that fossil fuels are a finite resource. Yep. And so really, why don't we use them as efficiently as possible? And that's where the base camp comes in as part of this transition towards, uh, you know, a less carbon intensive economy. And the very first step with that is just using the most efficient equipment available. Mm. And so that's where the base camp comes in and, and it allows um, users of site that require heat, power and lights mm -hmm to use something that's going to use substantially less fuel, um, which is good for their bottom line because it's less, less spend. And it's also good for the environment because it's less emissions. Right. Yeah, that's so cool. And I've also, I think it was you guys that taught me that diesel is a diesel that has far more energy in it per, per liter than propane. So right off the bat, am I right about that? Yeah, you bet. So that that's a common thing that'll come up in uh, typically construction where people are choosing between propane or diesel. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, propane's cheaper. And that's what will kind of push towards them being like, oh, let's use propane. But mm -hmm. uh, propane is far less BTUs per liter comparative to diesel. Sure. So you actually have to consume about 50% more. So typically from a cost standpoint, it ends up not really being any advantage. Mm -hmm. And the reason that people, other reason people might go with propane is that um, from the fueling standpoint, again, if people are having to fuel diesel heaters every 10 to 12 hours, right. or they can just put a big propane tank by them and then just fuel it once a week. Huh. But again, with the base camp having 48 hour uh, minimum runtime that, you know, that problem gets mitigated there. Mm -hmm. And lots of times propane can just be like a huge pain in the backside in the winter. <laughs> so uh, with it freezing up and issues like that. Right. So again, diesel can a lot of time be uh, much easier to deal with. And as well, like the base camp's a tier four engine. So even the emission profile that's hmm. coming out of the unit is much cleaner as well to then say, uh, you know, an indirect fired unit 
uh, heater mm -hmm. that's just simply burning the diesel and it's just going out the exhaust. So the emission profile is, is substantially different as well. Right. What What is up with that? Like, are, are guys just, I mean, are guys just not crunching the numbers and really looking at the options? It's just like whatever is easiest. Like, I imagine you must get in front of some guys from time to time and, and show them what, what the base camp does just on a numbers level. And it must blow some people's minds and make them rethink their, their lives in some ways. Yeah, well, there's, it's, it's, um, if you look at comparative or other pieces of equipment within the end, any, uh, rental industry. Mm -hmm. So for example, like a skid steer or man lift, when you look at the, the operating cost between rent and fuel mm -hmm. on those two pieces of an item as an example, on a monthly basis, the rent's about 85% of the cost and the fuel is only about 15%. Mm -hmm. So typically when people are, I think they're just kind of accustomed that right. when, Hey, I would need to reduce my um, operating costs, they go after the rent mm -hmm. because on those pieces of equipment example, rent is really the only lever that you'd have. Whereas with an indirect flamed uh, unit, mm -hmm. rent only accounts for about 5% of the cost, five to 10% and the other 90 to 95% is fuel, but they don't. And because they haven't realized that there's other options available, they sure. just go, well, let's just go with the cheapest cost. And that's where there's a difference I say between cost and price. And so if you just are incentivized by your rental cost, well, you're actually going to get the lowest efficiency equipment available and you're going to pound through a whole bunch more fuel right. and your overall uh, price is going to be way, way higher. Whereas, you know, the, uh, the base camp allows the ability to spend a little bit more on rent, but your overall heating scope cost comes way down. And again, it's just part of educating and mm -hmm. walking through the numbers because, you know, up until recently, the base camp hadn't existed. So for people, they didn't really have anything else to compare it to. Mm -hmm. But once you can start to see and they can understand how much they're actually spending on fuel, um, and then they they can connect those dots, it becomes very apparent. And now too, you know, with the things like carbon tax, right, and other, um, you know, ESG initiatives and whatnot, fuel consumption is being much more um, it's actually being monitored <laughs> as opposed to just kind of being a, a byproduct of doing business. Right. And there's a lot of, um, initiative on, um, reducing fuel consumption for a variety of reasons. And so even one thing like the base camp can provide, uh, automatic daily, weekly, monthly generated reports that show here's the fuel consumption in the last, you know, 24 hours, one week or whatever. Mm -hmm. And again, it gives them the ability to actually manage and, you know, the saying, whatever gets measured gets managed. So it actually gives them the ability to measure it and to manage it um, accordingly. Right on. Yeah, that's that's also pretty important. People got to know that this, like we said, this thing is connected to the internet, essentially connected to your phone. You can literally see every analytic imaginable, yeah. like what this machine is doing from the minute it kicks on, right? Like it's, yep. it's all there. Yeah, exactly. And even things like, uh, say you got a space, like, uh, you know, a simple example is you have a space that you're heating and you need at a certain temperature for doing concrete work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the traditional way would be you'd just have guys manually adjusting the heater up and down and going in with like taking temperature readings in the space, writing it on a notepad and then jotting it down on like, say, a spreadsheet that their temp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the temperatures nope. are maintained. Whereas we put a we put a remote probe inside the space. Right. And uh, the unit will just say you want it 20 C and the unit will just maintain 20 C. You can log in anytime, real time and see the temperature inside the space. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the job, say you want to print out a report showing here's the temperature maintained inside that space. You can print that off, stuff it in your QC document. And uh, so again, whenever uh, engineers see something like that, 
they're all ears because, right. you know, that provides that much more assurance that um, the QAQC is being followed on that specific mm-hmm. um, concrete pour as an example. And even just from an efficiency standpoint, you have people working in spaces, it's too hot, too cold, too hot, too cold. Right. They're opening doors or they're inside, outside, adjusting temperatures, as opposed to just why not set a temperature and let the unit do its job. Right. And and too, when you talk about heating spaces and the temperature fluctuations, this thing also recirculates, right? Yep. Like it, it can draw, it draws air out of a space as well. And how does that work? Yeah. So, you know, again, this is a kind of a simple example comparative to um, how things have been done, but in, in your home, you wouldn't just heat your home with outside cold air. Mm-hmm. You have air returns inside the home and you're constantly just, you know, bringing in some fresh air from the outside, but you're also, um, predominantly heating the air that's inside your space and t- traditional work sites, they would just only be heating cold air. So say it's minus 30 out, you're having to tremendously heat that minus 30 air to mm-hmm. blow it inside your space to heat it. Whereas the base camp again has the recirculation. So, you know, the energy required to go from minus 30 to tremendously heat it to heat a space, as opposed to say the air's 10 degrees inside your space, mm-hmm. we're only having to slightly bump that. So again, your fuel efficiency goes way up and mm-hmm. your fuel consumption goes way down again, just by applying, uh, you know, a simpler solution or a better solution to it. For sure. Have you, so I guess I just want to be clear. Are you finding that there's more of a rental market that you guys are targeting or are you, are you selling these units or is it both? Yeah. So thermal intelligence sells the units mm-hmm. and then we work with rental companies uh, to, you know, educate their customers, mm-hmm. um, working with them. So, you know, there's an opportunity, uh, for them to provide a new innovative equipment to their clients. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're glad to work with them, do demos, mm-hmm. um, you know, spread the word, work within their networks to, to create the awareness and, uh, you know, help them to, to build their, their customer base that are, you know, asking for the base camp by name. Right on. That's, that's beautiful. And let's say someone does want to, what's the first step kind of, if I wanted to at least demo this or, or find out more about it. Yeah. The, well, our website is a great place to go to. So thermalintelligence.com mm-hmm. and there's lots of uh, contact us buttons. <laughs> and the best thing would be to just give us a call, shoot us an email. Um, you can, I think through our website, schedule a virtual demo. Mm-hmm. So we have a virtual demo nine with the, uh, you know, the today in the, the world as it is, it can be tough sometimes to get in person. So that's why right. Patrick uh, worked with us on building a really nice virtual demo video that's worked very well. Great. And uh, uh, we get lots of compliments, uh, oh, the quality quality of the video and everything with it as well, too. We but go. the unit looks great. And again, it gives a, an ability to kind of see it, you know, mm-hmm. virtually. And then the, the, the best opportunity is to see one in person yeah. and uh, use it. So again, we've got uh, free trial opportunities. So, you know, the best would be to reach out to us and uh coordinate one and you know get a live demo in person and get one on a work site right on so have you guys had any like reasonable feedback or that's come back to you that you've implemented to make it better like if you or objections that people said this this doesn't work for me still or what's kind of been i guess the constructive part of that yeah you know what there's this is our third winter um with with the product so two winters ago we we trialed it with a handful in the field and really, you know, wanted to field battle test it. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, with having a leadership team that's got over 30 years of heating experience, there's a lot of forethought, foresight that went into mm-hmm. um, the unit and the, the design. And so there was really nothing major um, that came from that first winter. Last winter, we had uh, a little bit of issue with the, the light tower and the vendor that we chose. Mm-hmm. And so we've since remedied that and okay. uh, designed and built our own 
uh, light tower itself. So it's uh, it's a more robust and it's a really um, uh, it's it's a it's a, a nice upgrade there as well too. Mm-hmm. And again, there hasn't been like the typical feedback is when anyone sees it is like, wow, you guys thought of everything. And I, you know, there'll be things that'll come up and I, and I know that it will. So I don't want to think that we've, uh, you know, there's nothing to be improved. We're always looking at ways that things can be improved, but you know, a typical question that our sales guys will ask people in their demo room is, you know, what doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, typically the answer is nothing. It's, it's, you know, it, it checked, it checks the boxes and, uh, you know, really it's just a matter of getting it on sites and letting people experience it. Right on. Well, and that's why I've been kind of uh, proud or excited to have been a small part of it because in my understanding, there's really not that many gaps in the product itself. So I wonder like, and I remember you guys had said at the start of the year, like marketing, it was going to be tough because as soon as you reveal this thing to the world, now it's, it's out there. Right. So what's, and it's kind of been this year that you guys have gone public, right? Like what's that kind of been like? Have you, have you seen some, some, some thievery of your property or, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, you had to reveal it eventually, right? Yeah, you bet. You know, and that was the big thing is we wanted to make sure that we had, um, the, the platform was solid. The mm-hmm. tech was solid before going on a big way, because, you know, your reputation is, is very meaningful in, in the business mm-hmm. and wanting to, uh, to grow and scale now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, there, there's, I guess, always risk once you kind of get really in the, the, the marketplace and really mm. start pushing something that somebody will, I guess, call it rip it off. But, uh, you know what, we've invested a lot of, uh, you know, blood, sweat and, and money <laughs> into, the, uh, into yeah. the product. And, you know, we're, it, it's something that, uh, you know, would be sometimes with technology, it's a little bit easier said than done. Mm. And the one thing that I very confident in is there's there's the mechanical side um which we've got you know uh, our team has done a very good job of building a high quality product at an economical price mm-hmm. and so that's been really i think that that's a good competitive advantage but then the the smart side which is something that that is very difficult to expediently compete against mm-hmm. so um i and we're constantly um, looking at ways we can prove and evolving and you know other based upon we went from a wired probe to a wireless probe now right. and other things where we can constantly see, okay, where's ways that we can improve. Right. And, um, and it's easy to adopt into our equipment. It's not like it, our equipment had become obsolete. It's a simple software update. Hmm. And so, you know, there's eight ways there that it would be, I think, fairly difficult for someone to um, replicate it in, in a timely manner. So I think that that provides some competitive advantage for us as well. Right on. I guess that's kind of the curse of being on the cutting edge is then you got to stay on the cutting edge. Right. Well, I think there's a, we, Brian and I talk about how there's a difference between cutting edge and bleeding edge. And you're trying to, uh, you're trying to balance that and not be too far ahead where you're, you know, just, uh, it's, it's, you know, you're not able to make a economical enough return. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, so that's where, that's where you try to find that balance and, and really, um, push, but also I think that we've, we've learned and we've also, identified that, you know, if we are making any sort of advancement, it really has to result in a, you know, either are we going to sell more units or are we going to be able to like increase the price as an example? Like, are we going to get a return on it? Um, because you can build a, a real nice mouse trap, but if it's too expensive, nobody's going to buy it. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. You can price yourself right out of being useful. Yep. I get, it's funny you bring up Brian T. I remember 
one day he called me and he he just talked and talked and talked about another application for the base camp which would be like in an emergency situation like say even what happened in texas uh this past winter you know like that's something that like okay this thing is great for work sites but now this thing could actually truly it could save lives yeah you bet you know it's it's something that whenever you see you know hurricanes Mm -hmm. and uh down in texas when they had the unprecedented storms and whatnot you know, anywhere you, that you need remote, instant light, heat, and power, mm-hmm. um, the base camp can do it. And actually, it, it's due to its design, it actually has like a built-in Wi-Fi hotspot, <laughs> which seems like that's kind of a common thing that you would mm-hmm. someone would need if they were providing, you know, say, and setting up like a remote shelter to provide mm-hmm. um, aid and emergency relief so they could be set up. Um, and as well, like with the electrical platform, we have the ability to add accessories you know, even for hot water heating, um, we, we can add air conditioning onto it. That's something that gets asked sometimes, but we can add a lot of um, functionality on it quite easily. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it again, for that remote um, or sorry, quick response right. on, uh, on emergencies, it allows the ability to, again, to just be set up bang in an instant. You got light, heats, power, internet, you know, you're up and running. So yeah, that's, that's tremendous. Like what's the, I guess, What's the process like to get in front of decision makers? Because at that point, you'd be dealing with like regional governments or municipal governments. Like, have you had much luck or have you started to go that way? Yeah, so we we work with a group um, in the States and uh, they are uh, integrated into like the U.S. government's uh, procurement process. Mm-hmm. And so right. we we're, we're, you know, we're, we're bidding on work and we're <laughs> we're uh, building that network as well, too. And also part of that is, again, just making the creating the awareness down there for them on, on what they're doing, whether it be emergency response, military applications, um, anywhere that, you, again, you're looking to have remote, any of the three heat power lights, um, the base camp prov- can provide, uh, provide it and provide it very well. Right on. So is it is it satellite connected then? That's how that works? Yeah. So our like our unit itself, the um the data is collected and then it's transmitted through cellular mm. but we've had that question well we might have some areas that don't have good cell and again it can be configured for satellite it's it's just data okay. we're already capturing it so mm-hmm. it's just a matter of how it'd be transmitted so if we wanted to do um call it like a satellite package mm. um i don't want to speak on someone else's behalf but i wouldn't see it being that that difficult <laughs> um, in the grand scheme of sure. it because we're already capturing the data and it'd just be a matter of transmitting it to the servers so right on would that be tinez's yeah, that'd be Tinas. That'd be Tinas's uh, deal there. So, like I said, I wouldn't be the one that would be doing the ones and zeros on that one. No, he'd be figuring. Sure. He'd be figuring that one out. But yeah, in the grand scheme, I wouldn't see it being that that tremendous of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Right on. Is there a? Do you see? Do you foresee what Basecamp 2.0 looks like? Like, is it hydrogen or is it? Is it just continuing to push what you've got? Like, is it too soon to say? Or what's kind of the future of thermal intelligence? Yeah, we think that the unit itself has a very good um, spot as mm-hmm. far as there's there's a large volume um, of this size and this scope. Um, so we we're very um, happy with the the need that the the base camp is providing. Mm-hmm. We're also in development of, of a larger unit called the base camp Excel. Okay, and that's one that'll just be if there's you know more heat, more power required, mm-hmm. um, that'll be an application there. But uh, yeah, you know, really, I'd say it'd be driven by the field as far as, you know, what are users 
um, looking for and requesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're always appreciative of the feedback that we get as far as, Hey, you know, if it did this or if it did that, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, look at incorporating that into future designs. Gotcha. Has, so what's kind of been, uh, I know you say you're bidding on work through the government procurement thing, but when it comes to private industry, what's, is it, what's your marketing or what's your sort of sales strategy like? Like, I mean, obviously it's <laughs> more than one thing, but is, is getting in front of decision makers, is that kind of the old thing? Like, is that just it? Or, or is there more innovative ways that you guys are kind of putting yourselves out there? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, uh, it's, it's, a you know, multi-pronged, uh, sure. approach, I guess you'd say, yep. but there's the, you know, call it just the grassroots boots on the ground, which is, you know, driving around, showing people, hmm. you know, we've been uh, driving as Patrick's been driving as far east as, you know, Trois-Rivières, Quebec, and okay. down into the States and just driving all over, putting on lots of miles wow. and, and showing as many people, um, again, right in person as, as possible. We've also got um, a lot of good material for online and we're, we're pushing hard on the online space, be hmm. social media and, um you know, other, other avenues there. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, just the, the old school, pick up the phone, make a bunch of calls and, <laughs> and go that route as well too. And, and again, with something that hasn't existed before, there's, there's a big part of just getting the awareness, creating the brand awareness, um, yeah. the product awareness and everything that goes with it, as opposed to if someone was, you know, selling photocopiers, Right. Hey, well, everyone knows what a photocopier is. So, Interesting. you know, that's a, that, that's a different sales uh, strategy and cycle there, whereas this is something new. So it's really just, mm -hmm. you know, pushing hard on a lot of different avenues and getting a lot of different people within orga the organizations, the customers to, and their customers to, to see the, uh, the equipment and understand the associated value with it. No doubt. So is there, is there kind of a success story that you guys have with like maybe your first client or a big client or one that's really just raving kind of becoming a supporter of you? Like, is there kind of that, that happy goal or a heartwarming story, I guess, of your, of you guys getting in and really helping out? Yeah. Well, there's, there's one in particular that I think is funny where uh, Patrick was doing a demo uh, and it was in, I think Saskatchewan or, or Manitoba and the, uh, the branch manager was just like, yeah, I don't got time for it. Uh -huh. And so he kind of sent his sales guys out there to go check it out. And then right. the sales guys were out there and they actually went back in and was like, Hey, I think you should come and check out this. And he's like, nah, I, I know what it is. I, I don't got time for it. Right. And, uh, finally like, I think you should come and look at it. So he came out and looked, and then he was just like, this is not what I expected. <laughs> he was just like telling, telling Patrick, this is not what I expected. Um, I apologize for you know, trying to blow you off. This is totally <laughs> different. And he's become a very big advocate um, for the piece of equipment now. So for the base camp. Mm -hmm. So, but it was kind of funny. We're, you know, again, uh, just like, no, not interested, but just assuming that it's something else mm -hmm. and then actually seeing it and being like, okay, no, this is different. And so that's been, uh, there's stories like that and they're, they're, you know, more and more coming up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, it's as, as we build momentum and, and there's more awareness um, you know, we'll just continue to, to, to build the, the client base, but that's one in particular, that's been kind of a, a fun story to reminisce on. Yeah, no doubt. That's got to feel good where it's, you know, some hard ass guy finally has to yeah. <laughs> soften up and admit that this thing is, I mean, I, am I out of line in calling this thing like revolutionary in some ways? Like it is like, it changes the game of what it, of this, of this, I guess, niche or this tech, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, we, we, we don't want to sound like a cliche when, when sure. throwing out some, 
some some big terms and, and stuff like that. But to the same sense is it's, you know, there's no other piece of temporary heating equipment that is, you know, won the awards that we've won, mm-hmm. Green Seal certified, um, you know, they, they just don't exist. So yeah, it's different in a big way. It is, it is. And it's got yeah. a pretty sweet like paint job or wrap. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, we get lots of feedback on that as well too, that it, it looks it looks really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guys have done a good job on the branding with it. And again, it just gains more eyeballs where it's just like, this is different. This right. is this is unique. So was that a big part of kind of the concept, the concept of it? Like we want this thing to not only be cutting edge, but we want it to look sexy, be like your site, you know, the, the blue and the mountain imagery. Like it was, like you say, it was, it's a good job on the branding, but was that all kind of thought out beforehand or did you stumble into that? <laughs> yeah. Like that's uh Brian T's background is that type of stuff. So I'll uh, give credit where credit's due sure. that it, it looks, it looks really great. And again, it just goes back to, you know, I think that when you have a piece of equipment that um, is, you know, call it changing the game or very different, mm-hmm. but also looks, you know, it looks great and it looks unique. Mm-hmm. It's just that much easier, I think, to reference it um, itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it, you know, it, it, uh, it, it's got a great look and we get tons of compliments on it as well, too. So right on. Now I'm going to because I stared at that virtual demo for like two months of my life. So I'm going to try and remember <laughs> <laughs> it, it's towable. It's got the outriggers. Um, it's got, you know, uh, it, you, you send, you send ducting, like you give people some ducting to use with it. Uh, yeah. What else? There's storage. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's, you know, we tried to think of everything from being on the rental side of things, just what, what's some of like the big pains in the ass right? right. and how can they be remedied through better design? Mm-hmm. So everything from, you know, wheel is some as simple as the wheel chocks are incorporated in the design and they're just, there's a nice spot for them and they, mm-hmm. there's a tether that it makes it so you don't lose them. There's a storage compartment for spare filters. There's ducting bars so you can send it out. So it's, it's a pretty much, a you know, you're not having to send loose pieces of equipment with it and this mm-hmm. and that, like it's, it's an all in one unit. And again, the feedback has always been like, wow, this thing, this thing looks awesome. This thing looks, looks great. And, um, you know, the functionality that's with it, wow, there's been a lot of thought and design that's gone into it. So, and, you know, sometimes, um, equipment manufacturers, it's kind of like, well, they build it, they sell it. And then right. we're, we're, we're done with it mm-hmm. as opposed to when, when in our, uh, past having to deal with equipment that hey, why didn't you guys think of this? Or why didn't you guys do this? <laughs> right. It would make life so much easier. Mm-hmm. And by not having that incorporated in it is, um, is something, again, that you know the rental companies do appreciate. Interesting. Yeah, and I... Shit, I had something there and I lost it. Um, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like, that's... it. <laughs> it's so simple, but you... And you guys make it look so easy, but it's really it's really not like so much went into this and yet it has the appearance of being somewhat miraculous, you know? So I think, I think for what it's worth, people at least have to see this thing in action and and get a sense of really all the love and all the innovation that went into this (laughs) thing in a sense, you know, like I, I don't mean to get out of control here about this thing, but it, it, it's cool to see a revolutionary piece of tech come into being. Yeah. You know what? And you know, a lot of, um, uh, good friends of mine and stuff that are in the industry and have seen the product and see the craftsmanship mm-hmm. and the technologists with it. That's one thing that, you know, they think is pretty cool as well too, that it's, you know, it's an Alberta 
based company, you know, it's all Canadian made and just that, you know, it's some of the feedback is like, Hey, it's, it's awesome to see, you know, uh, a local, you know, um, uh, company come, come with Mm -hmm. this type of technology, this type of innovation, um, to the marketplace. And so I'm, you know, I, I got a couple really good friends that are, I, I appreciate their opinion, especially when it comes to equipment. And so when they say high praise like that, it, it, it helps to validate. And also it, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to hear. It's a real nice compliment, um, as well too, but that's something that I think is pretty cool, um, as well that it's, you know, it's all, uh, built in Western Canada. And so mm. that's something that we're really proud of as well too. Right on. And what we should talk about, like you say, you know, some companies might produce something and then wipe their hands of it once they've made the sale or the warranty's over. But you guys, you guys would actually like someone from thermal intelligence would come out and service this thing. Is that correct? Yeah. So, you know, the, the very first, um, call it line of defense, I guess is, is mm-hmm. smart talk. Right. And so with having that 24 seven communication, if there's every issues, it's very easy for one of our techs to log on online, see exactly what's right. going on. And that help, always helps whenever trying to say troubleshoot or do anything. Um, you know, a big thing is, uh, is training and under, and that's a, you know, that's a big thing of this equipment is that it's actually very easy to service and very easy to troubleshoot as well too, is that's something that, you know, uh, is new this year is that all the units have QR codes on them all over the place, which has, you know, the manual troubleshooting mm-hmm. guides, how to videos, again, just making a really good user experience from there. And as well too, you know, we've, we've come from the the background that when the phone rings at four in the morning, you answer it <laughs> because it's probably a very important phone call. Right. As, and we've also dealt with other equipment providers that they don't answer your call if it's not between nine to five on a weekday and, you know, business doesn't operate that way. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, that's very frustrating. And so, you know, we, we take pride on, Hey, if the phone rings, we answer it. And, uh, you know, we've got the resources set up to, to help support our clients as well. No doubt. Well, I know that about you guys. Cause I, I seem to remember we shot at nine in the morning and you guys came from Grand Prairie the same day. So <laughs> hardworking dudes up there, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a full day too. We went, yeah. we went into the night and then, yeah, we drove back that, that night. So that was a, that was a solid shift that, that, that one there. Yeah. So. Well, and thank God we had that motor home or whatever to, to warm up. <laughs> in, <right? laughs> it was pretty chilly that day too. So that was, yeah. uh, that was nice. We had that heated enclosed trailer. So no doubt as we kind of close up, I'm just curious more on a personal level. Like how did you become friends with Brian and, and what was there kind of like a moment over you know, having beers or whatever or whatever and, and said, this is something we want to do or have you guys always sort of troubleshot and problem solve things together or what does that look like? Yeah, so we we started working for uh, a company called Enterbelt Technologies back uh, like 10 years ago mm-hmm. and we started right around the same time and I was opening a location in Grand Prairie and Brian came in as the general manager for the business mm. And then he ended up spending predominantly the most of his time up in Fort McMurray, actually, because they had a large plant site. And at the time, um, that company had the largest fleet of flameless heaters in Western Canada. Hmm. And um, it was interesting uh, just working there and spending time and just seeing the equipment and um, between the efficiency and the or lack of efficiency and lack of connectivity and just seeing like there's a there's a better way like there's a better way of doing this and throughout then you know uh just evolved into this you know uh wanting to grow and build and uh you know 
the the desire to to provide this equipment and that's really where you know started us down this path and so yeah thermal intelligence has been rocking and rolling for uh you know about i think it's four or five years now mm-hmm. again we're on our fourth generation of equipment and um you know this has been uh, this platform now is opening up a lot of doors mm. in ways to provide, again, not only the efficiency and craftsmanship at a at a competitive good price, mm-hmm. but then also the smart side of it as well, too. So we're really proud of the design and uh, where we're at now. And again, it's kind of started from all those years ago of dealing with um, the pain and suffering. And like I said, <laughs> the, the calls at four in the morning right. and the, hey, your heater's down, come, come do something. Oh. We're freezing up and the holy moly. And these are, you know, pretty remote locations and pretty big operations that have, you know, millions and millions of dollars Mm -hmm. that are going into it. And uh, if you don't get the heat up and running, it's, it's going to create a lot of issues. So (laughs) it's, uh, you know, that was pretty, the, the spawn, the, the thought that, Hey, I think there's a better way of doing this Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, just really going from there. Right on. And so from my understanding, like what, what, what did the first step look like was it like it has to be diesel or it has to be connected or it has to be efficient like what was there like that number one is like we have to clear this hurdle and then we can go from there yeah you know again there's been a couple different variations of of our equipment and really the at the the base platform is it has to have an ultra efficient design right and again you know the all the sites really are diesel there there is propane out there but again we've spoke about that on why propane might get chewed and stuff, but you know, diesel is the fuel of choice. So it's, it's, it's diesel, um, for this application, there is nat gas heaters, but that's typically more in, um, residential or commercial construction where there's nat gas available. Mm -hmm. It's not readily available on a, on a lot of sites. Mm. And so that's the market that we focused on and just really having a very efficient platform, which our previous generations of equipment did, by, you know, with doing this new way and new design that we, we have done it. And again, it allows us to have a three in one. So heat power and lights all in one, mm-hmm. and then to be able to have, um, just a smarter, more robust system as well. Right on. Yeah. It's, uh, that's really interesting. The, the evolution that it went through, cause you guys sent me that video from, was that 2017 when it was yeah. like the, the Denali or whatever. Yep. That video, by the way, was really good. I almost got self-conscious about <laughs> do you how did you got was that guy's name louis mayo like who did that video does that sound i'm right? not i'm not sure oh. again that's that's more uh brian's department there okay. so i uh i'm not too sure but uh yeah it was it was it was it was a good video uh that was done there as well yeah because yeah. uh, whatever you sent me the link and it it went to his vimeo channel so i said who is this guy and then i found him and he's like a big time cinematographer now in in like new york and la i was like jesus how'd they end up how'd they end up with me but i think it's been uh, one thing i would say is your guys's desire to like educate people like with the smart heat minute series and even with the demo is like you really do have to almost impress upon people that there is a better way and then introduce yourselves as the better way yeah i think that that's really what it comes down to is an understanding of you know like you said, there is a better way. And what does that way look like? And guess it's going to be really easy to adopt and it's going to be money. It's going to allow you to operate uh, greener, you know, less emissions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all the way around, it's a win and it's just get letting people be aware of it. hundred percent. Well, I think that's, I, I feel you've told me everything you needed to. 
uh, was there anything, I mean, again, people need to see this firsthand or at least check out the site, but this thing is ultra efficient. It's cutting edge. It's connected to the universe and it, uh, it really just does what nothing else does. So, uh, thanks for sharing, Mark. I think, is there anything further you maybe want to plug or let people know what they should know? No, you know, I appreciate you having us on here, uh, Patrick, to, to talk about the base camp and, and uh, you know, I guess give yourself a plug. We've got a lot of great videos that <laughs> sure. look awesome. Patrick's done a great job and, uh, you know, I, I we appreciate the, the work that he does and I appreciate him having us on here as a guest. So. Oh, it's my pleasure. I think some of that video is going to make its way into this podcast so everybody can see it. Perfect. Right on. Okay, Mark, it's thermalintelligence.com. Mark, you're the director with Thermal Intelligence and uh, appreciate your time, man. Awesome. Thanks, Patrick. All right. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review. 